Hi, I'm David Green, and welcome back to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. As many of you are aware, Spotify has been leading the way in the world of distributed and hybrid work with their Work From Anywhere policy. A policy, as the name suggests, that allows their employees to choose their place of work, whether it be remote, hybrid, or in a different city. To date, Work From Anywhere, coupled with their dynamic workplace initiative, has been a huge success for Spotify. So to better understand the actions, steps, and of course the data that made the introduction and implementation of this policy so successful, we invited one of the architects behind Work From Anywhere, Anna Lundstrom, Spotify's Vice President of Human Resources, to join me on the podcast. Many companies were so quick on like launching something about remote work when the pandemic hit. We kind of held back a bit to kind of really spend time on what we wanted to do. And a lot of companies were like, oh, we, we offer remote work, but then you looked into the details and many of them cut pay. Highlighting the importance of research and data analytics in their decision-making process, Anna will also be sharing insights into how Spotify is tackling the compensation and benefit structure for those employees moving locations. We look at preventing biases and fostering collaboration and belonging within a work from anywhere workforce. We also dig into the impact the Work From Anywhere program has had on employee engagement, recruitment, diversity and retention. And we also examine the challenges and learning Spotify has faced throughout this journey to date and much more. Tune in, take notes and enjoy as this is a conversation you won't want to miss. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Anna Lundstrom, Vice President of HR at Spotify to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Anna, welcome to the show. Um, Before we dive into our conversation, uh, could you start by sharing with listeners a a brief introduction to, to you and your role at Spotify? Of course. So happy to be here, David. Super brief about me. I am, as you mentioned, I'm the VP of HR at Spotify. I'm currently running HR for our freemium business, which is basically the subscription business, but also our global units, which is our support functions. And I've been with the company uh, six and a half years. And before that, I had various uh, positions within HR in in the financial services industry, mainly at Nasdaq. Uh, So I have about 15 years of experience in the HR field. Wow. And, and it must have changed over your six and a half years at, at Spotify. Uh, we had Katerina Berg on the show in 2019, just after we'd started a podcast, actually. I think she was episode seven, if I remember rightly. Amazing. And, you know, it's, it's changing. I mean, Spotify, you know, give a sense to listeners how big the organization is now. How many employees have you got now? How many markets are you in? We are currently uh, present in 183 markets and we have nine, a bit over 9,000 employees. And when I joined six years ago, we were about 1,200 employees. So that gives you kind of an indication of the the hyper growth we've been going through and that we're still going through. In recent years, we've seen evidence that, you know, a one size fits all approach to working arrangements doesn't really work. People prefer to work in the office. Some people prefer to work in the office all the time. Some people prefer to work at home all the time and, and others like to do both or what we're calling hybrid, I guess, and it seems to be now. And, and, and obviously the technology now enables us to do that as well, I think, which is maybe different from from what it was a few years ago. I know at Spotify, you've been right at the forefront with leading this flexible way of working uh, with the introduction of your work from anywhere policy, which I believe was introduced in early 2021. 
as one of the architects behind that whole program, I'd love if you could you could share with listeners a little bit more about this policy. Does it really mean that Spotify employees can work for anywhere? At Spotify, when we do business strategy planning, we both do long-term uh, planning, like a five-year horizon, or and also um, annual planning. And actually, in the fall of 2019, so before the pandemic was known or had, had escalated, the leadership team uh, put together a distributed first uh, goal. Uh, which read more or less that we wanted to, Spotify wanted to become uh, a distributed first organization by 2025. So early in 2020 is when we started the work. Uh, and then obviously uh, with the pandemic, it accelerated things. But but the whole reason for us already in 19, starting to talk about distributed first, that we wanted to offer our employees um, more flexibility because we've seen that for a long, long time that that is one of the top drivers uh, towards um, engaged employees. And really, uh, it took about a year to put together the program and we were a small working group with participants from various specialist fields within the HR and strategy and operations team. And we really, David, started out with a blank paper. We started out with a few beliefs. And the core belief was that office is not something that you, or work is not something that you have to go to the office for. It's something that you do. Um, and that was, that was the core belief. And in our hypothesis, uh, a few of them were that we wanted to tap into an even more broader and diverse talent pool. Uh, we wanted to, at the same time, retain and grow our current employees by giving them increased flexibility. And all of this would lead to um, an even happier workforce, which would lead to improved productivity, uh, efficiency, and collaboration across the organization. And, and uh, with a blank paper, with a belief, we then set, set back and said, okay, what does this mean for Spotify? What do we want to offer our employees? And that landed in the, the two core pieces of the offering, which is you choose either a home mix or you choose uh, an office mix. And when you've done that, you can add location on top of that. So me being based in Stockholm, I choose home mix as an example. I mean, this is just a fictional example because I do, do come into the office. I choose a home mix. Um, and then let's say I want to take my family to move to Spain for a year. I can add that. Uh, location to my home mix and I can move to Spain for a year uh, and we are offering this within every region that we are present and where we have a legal entity. In interesting firstly that you were thinking about this as an organization before the pandemic you know even happened and also that you had reasons why you wanted to do it some hypotheses and beliefs that you thought would benefit the organization by doing it as well so so even if companies now, and I, I guess most companies have got some sort of policy around where people work because of what's happened over the last two and a half years, they've kind of had to. But, you know, would, would a piece of advice that you would give is, you know, think about what's going to be the result of this because then you can actually measure if it actually happens. Start with a core, few core beliefs and a few hypotheses that you can kind of aim to not only measure but really strive towards. That also is tied to your org. Like don't copy anyone else for the sake of it, but think about what you need, what the needs are for your org. What, what does your business strategy look like and how do you tie those two, you know, together? So you've talked a little bit about why you introduced the policy. You know, how did you go about implementing it? What steps did you take? I can imagine offering a work from anywhere policy would require, you know, lots of preparation and collaboration with various other 
functions. You talked a little bit about that, actually, within Spotify. You know, legal, obviously, finance, technology. I also understand that you you did this with employees rather than just sort of coming up with something in a in a dark room and then and then announcing it as well. Hundred percent, and I, I love to share these uh, this story because I think this is what was one of the kind of key factors to why it has been successful. We started with those, you know, more uh, high-level strategies and beliefs that I shared earlier. But then we took another approach. We actually, within the core working group, which was HR, uh, strategy and operations, and then to your point, we started to invite, you know, employment, legal, and a few other core functions. We basically took uh, an opposite approach rather than working, spending a lot of time on on kind of expanding on strategies and long-term beliefs. We then created the playbook. We basically started to write a Q&A first, changing our mindsets into being an employee's mindset. And like, what questions will we have to have answers to? And when you start with that, you find yourself with quite a few questions like, how will compensation work? How will business travel work if I'm home mix in, in the middle of America and want to fly to New York? How long can I uh, have my option? Uh, what equipment will the company, you know, um, offer? How will our leaders lead to all of this? You know, everything from very tactical questions to really complex labor law to leadership uh, to communication. That led to us creating a playbook around 40, 50 pages. We then a couple of times uh, went to all, all the way up to the executive team, to our CEO and, and the leadership team, get their buy-in for, on, for not only the broader strokes, but also actually the tactics. Uh, we then went to like all the VPs um, uh, and shared the draft uh, uh, you know, uh, documents. And then we pulled together a group of uh, employees, about 20 employees representing all different business units in the company to look at the Q&A and to look at the content of the program. And they had so a lot of great questions that we hadn't thought of. So we added them. And that's usually how we work at Spotify. We or, or we always work like that. We collaborate, we invite. And that led to us really feeling good about the policy that we have thought of every angle and it still represented us. That was one of the success factors. And, and, and as you said, yeah, it took about a year to kind of go back and forth to tweak uh, put our own touch to it, get the buy-in from various stakeholders uh, uh, until we were ready to kind of launch. And such a key thing because obviously it's a you know it's a big change to the the way the company's working, which could have a positive or a negative impact on 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 performance and 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 engagement and and you know people's propensity to stay or not. And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the outcomes that you've had from it. But actually involving, you know, employees and obviously it sounds like, you know, you involved a group of employees that represented all your different business units. You took input from them. That that kind of helped the, formulate the approach. So really important. As HR professionals, employee experience is obviously one of the key things that we're, we're there to do really, you know, to really help employees thrive at work. And it's much easier to do when you work with employees rather than, than just designing things for them, isn't it? Because they'll have questions, as you said, Anna, that, you know, even though you had a lot of great minds around the table, you hadn't come up with those questions. So exactly. Um, so I think it's a really important point for people. Yeah. And I think we had a direct proof of uh, this being successful because when we launched, we use our internet, which is, has this Facebook feature. So Katerina, our CHRO, who you talked to in an earlier uh, podcast, she she launched um, uh, with a communication plan and, and everything. And I think we got thousand unique questions from various employees. And I'm not 
joking when I tell you that we answered, I think, 99% of them because they were covered in the, the playbook. So it's always my my advice to really think through the details uh, when you do uh, come up with a, a program like this. In just a few moments, we'll continue my conversation with Spotify's VP of HR, Anna Lundstrom. But before we go back, let me take this short break as an opportunity to talk to you about the sponsors of this season's podcast. This episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast is brought to you by HiBob, a leader in transforming how organizations operate in the modern world of work. Bob, the company's flexible next-gen HR platform, automates HR processes and increases visibility into the people aspects of businesses, enables managers to lead more effectively, and gives employees the tools to connect, develop, and grow throughout their journey. More than 2,500 modern mid-sized global companies, including Adenza, Funding Circle, Kazoo, McLaren Racing, and Monzo, use Bob to drive employee productivity, engagement, and retention. For more information about HiBob, visit www.hibob.com. That's H-I-B-O-B.com. Welcome back to my conversation with Anna Lundstrom. In this section of the episode, our conversation focuses on the methods that Spotify took towards implementing a fair compensation and benefits package allied to work from anywhere. So you said that obviously one of the the considerations was around compensation and benefits. You know, what does what does this mean for for people who are moving, for example, to different cities or countries, and uh, where the cost of living, for example, may be higher? Cost of living is a bit of a topic at the moment, certainly in the UK, um, or, or even lower. And, and how have you gone about deciding on the best compensation and, and, and benefit structures to support the program? Great question. This one we spend a lot of time on as, as a working group. Uh, we went all the way from okay, do we uh, think about zones, such as if you take Americas. Should we have one compensation zone for the East Coast, one from the middle part of the country and one from the West Coast? And depending on where you move, you have different compensation ranges in, in, in these type of conversations. But then we reminded ourselves about, OK, we are uh, we're in hyper growth. We are trying to scale our organization. We always try to strive for simplicity in whatever we do in the people organization to not like put a lot of red tape around things. Uh, so we landed in, okay, we before uh, the launch of Work for Anywhere, we had a very uh, location-based compensation strategy, which meant that you had one set of benchmark for New York, another set of benchmark for Boston, a third one for Chicago, and so forth. So we moved away from that, and we moved into one nas- national pay range for all of America's, stemming from the East Coast and the West Coast benchmark ranges, so actually the top of the the, the the benchmark in the, in the US, uh, and we let all our employees keep their compensation. So um, employees in New York and in in on the West Coast that wanted to move back home to they might be from um, you know Ohio or Idaho and um, Arkansas and and they move back there with their New York compensation because um, we also don't want to create kind of a we don't want to contribute to to any societal issues by, for example cutting pay for employees that might come from communities that are overly represented by minority groups. And then you kind of, they move back and then you cut their pay and that 
kind of community cannot kind of thrive uh, uh, or continue to thrive. So so that was also part of it. And then for where we, for Europe and Asia Pack, we have the same strategy. So when you move within the country, when you move in the UK, you move from London to Scotland, you keep your compensation for London, for example. Um, same with Sweden. If you move to Stockholm and, and into the northern part of the country, you keep your compensation. If you move with, between countries uh, from Sweden to Spain, you keep your net take home, of course, in a new currency, but we made sure that you're placed in a certain place in the comp band. You keep exactly that place in Spain. So you still would have the same cost of living situation. So that is kind of, in essence, what we've done. And it's been highly appreciated by uh, our employees. Uh, benefits package is for the sake of global benefits, everyone has the same, you know, parental leave and so forth. But then of course there are certain local regulations we need to adhere to, certain vacation pay laws in, in certain countries and, and so forth. So we have of course uh, complied with those. And if you move to to that country, to a new country, you, you, you get the, the kind of local benefits, but with a global Spotify lens as well. Yeah, I mean, as you said, simplicity, and and actually very employee centric as well. We saw a lot of um, companies. We, we we researched a lot of companies. I think we looked at like two thousand different companies what they had done because many companies were so quick on like launching something about remote work when the pandemic hit. We kind of held back a bit to kind of really spend time on what we wanted to do. And a lot of companies were like, um, oh, we we offer remote work, but then you looked into the details and many of them cut pay if employees moved back to, to, to you know, countries or states where it's usually more low income or, or low cost. And, and we decided to go in the opposite direction. I can only imagine that the launch of, of the Work From Anywhere program, you've reaped the benefits of a more diverse talent pool, increased retention rates. You know, can you share more about this with listeners and, and how has the work from anywhere program impacted your recruitment and retention and and some of those p- beliefs and hypotheses that you had right at the start have they have they borne true yes um, great question and, and yes we are one and a half year into the program and um, uh, we all need to note that the first six months after the launch the pandemic was ongoing so our data let's say our data is about a year because we started to open up our offices during the fall of 2021 and then you know a few months were closed again due to pandemic but let's say about a year of data and, and yes we are seeing actually some very positive and early signs that our hypotheses are being proven uh, right. Number one is that we have decreased the time to fill a role from 48 days on average to 42 days. And that is uh, what we're seeing mainly because now hiring managers has a much broader area. Instead, before you had to perhaps pick a location, okay, I need to hire a software engineer in London. Now you put EMEA there and you can hire from... All the countries in EMEA where Spotify has has a presence or I mean a legal entity. And same for the US, we are present in I think 40 out of 50 states now we can hire people. Uh, so that has obviously impacted the time to fill. And that is that is amazing for companies, ours that are dependent on hiring great talent in a timely manner to execute on all our strategies as we're moving with speed. Uh, That is number one. Number two, we're seeing some great diversity stats. Also, we have increased our gender diversity numbers. We've increased women leaders in R&D. We have doubled in the US where we can measure, you know, race and and ethnicity, which, which we can't in the majority of our other countries where we're present. 
um, we have doubled the number of um, race and ethnicity hires, and we had some real aspirational goals uh, around those as well. Uh, so very uh, positive signs. We also have lowered our attrition rate slightly, and that that kind of confirms that the current and existing staff are also, uh, you know, quite happy with the flexibility being offered. Um, and um, so, so it's, it's all great, great signs so far. We are also hiring in quite a few locations outside our main hubs. Um, I give you an example. We are we are increasing quite a lot in Washington State in the US. Um, and before, when we uh, um, you know, tapped, tried to tap talent there. Um, uh, we were offering them relocation to New York or to LA. And I know for sure, um, it's, I have our own examples of talent not being able to move and we couldn't proceed with them in the, in the process. And now they are staying where they are uh, and would like to stay and they work for us. So those are some, I think, uh, good uh, examples and, and early signs that our hypothesis is, is being proven right. A couple of things maybe about, you know, if we look at some of the, the stuff that we're reading around more virtual working or, or remote working, you know, in terms of recognition in the workplace, there's proximity bias. Some managers may be more favourable to promote those that come to the office over those that work remotely and away from the team. Can, can you share what you're doing to, to prevent these biases and ensure that everyone has, a, has an equal opportunity to a promotion? Super good question. This is something we spend a lot of time on uh, right now to think about making sure that, that everyone has an equal sense of belonging and connectness to Spotify. So I can share a bit more about that later also. But yes, just number one, that we are aware um, uh, that we need to make sure that there's no disadvantages or advantages depending on where you work from and where your manager sits. So a couple of things, we have tailored manager and leadership programs that is tied to what we expect from a leader at Spotify. And we had that already before uh, the, the Work From Anywhere launch, but obviously now we've added a, quite a lot of new content to that because now our leaders, all of them leads um, in a distributed environment. So training the managers and leaders on, on how to lead um, a, a team. Uh, how We are spending a lot of time on how to ensure that we create a sense of belonging, regardless of where we work from. Um, we are not budging on certain things, such as every single employee that starts at Spotify gets invited to Intradays, which is our introduction event for all new employees. And now when the pandemic hopefully is kind of, um, hopefully it's going away, don't quote me on this, um, we are bringing them back to welcome them to, to the Stockholm office for three days, where they get to listen to our executive team, our leadership team, to learn about Spotify, our cultural values, really get that injection in who we are, into who we are. Then we work with a lot of people, analytics again, and when we get to our two cycles for compensation, we look at if there's any notable differences between home mix and office mix employees in terms of how many that get promoted within two, these two buckets, the size of increases, if there's a certain manager sticking out, like we look at all of that. And so far it's it's kind of, it's 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 safe to say that that we haven't seen any any of these kind of inequalities in our data, but just to be aware, I think that's crucial. You 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 know, all people have biases, and you need to make sure that we kind of check check them on a regular basis. So a few things uh, we're doing, but again, the belonging piece we can talk more about also if we have time. But that is something we are super uh, focused on uh, now as a next step for this program. 
What does the data say in terms of the impact work from anywhere has had on employee engagement? Actually, uh, our engagement scores have, we've seen them stay quite flat, uh, a slight dip throughout the pandemic, which I think is is not uncommon from um, other companies. But interestingly enough, in our most recent survey this uh, spring, the engagement overall score then out of the 50 plus questions that we are asking is exactly the same for home mix versus office mix. You've obviously got to focus on belonging at the moment. What are some of the steps that you're, that you're taking to to try and make the sense of belonging that, that you know similar, I guess, at a home and office? Hundred percent. It's it's all the way actually from us having an OKR uh, like a main goal for the entire People G organization, and actually even on this larger organization at Spotify to really increase our sense of belonging. And a few things we are doing. I mentioned, um, you know certain things that we're not budging on, regardless if uh, we are distributed, such as inviting everyone to Stockholm, getting that early injection into who we are, uh, training our leaders and our managers really on tips and tools for how you can lead in a distributed first environment. We are really doubling down on mental health as, a, as an overarching initiative. Uh, we have a team that is called Heart and Soul that is located within our diversity, inclusion and belonging organization. And we have around 60 ambassadors, heart and soul ambassadors across the organization that are educated and trained within the field of, of, of mental health that are not only points of contact for employees to reach out to, to talk more about, but they also are responsible for all of our great programming that we are very much focused on, on being virtual around how to remove the stigma around mental health, how to ensure that employees feel safe, that we create a psychological safe environment, that our employees feel that they can speak up if they're not having a good day, a good week, a good month, and that the leader and employee manager and employee connection is there. So we have created certain programs or our greenhouse team have created focused trainings about how to create a psychological safe environment, how to create a consistent culture of belonging. We have a lot of offerings for leaders, for managers, and we speak a lot about it. And now one of our recent focus areas is about accessibility, accommodating employees that might have a disability, uh, uh, regardless of where they work from, because it might have been easier before when we had someone in the office that, that needed certain support. Now this person might work from home. How do we solve for that? So we have created this kind of playbook for managers to 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 support them. Uh, but then also us as HRBPs, which is a big part of my job uh, to coach managers and leaders, is, is the small things, like to check in on your employees in a different way than before you could just grab someone in the corridor and like see on their body language, right, how they were doing. Now it's more the intentional and the deliberate. You need to be like as intentional as you are with like executing on your business plans and strategies. You need to like lean in a bit more. When you have your virtual one-on-ones, it needs to be part of your one-on-one agenda. It needs to be, how are you? How's life? You know, what support do you need? It needs to be recognition in a, in a whole different level, which we have also created some initiatives around. It, it needs to be telling your own stories and be vulnerable yourself, showing compassion. So someone will open up to you and you can kind of help coach and guide them. Um, because it all comes back to us wanting our great talent to stay with us and to retain them, to make them feel good. Because we always like to say that Spotify is a marathon and not a sprint. And and one other thing, are you looking at things like connectedness? So 
understanding how you're looking at collaboration patterns, for example, of people that are on the home mix versus the office mix and, and making sure that the teams that need to connect with each other for innovation and, and productivity are connecting as well. Is that are you doing anything around that? Yeah, we have also a, a deliberate focus on uh, when we bring teams together in person. Uh, so this fall and also before the summer, I would say the majority of the Spotify teams uh, that collaborate have met in person for different offsites, team buildings and so forth. Because we also say that and instruct our managers and leaders that the day to day is virtual, but then you should be very intentional about when you plan the in-person collaboration, or, or we've also seen some trends where people collaborate quite well virtually, but then you use the social time to build relationships. Uh, while before it used to be, okay, the, 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 social, the time together in person was more like hardcore work and, and so, some social, but now we've seen some, some shifts in patterns there as well, uh, because we have realized that you can do quite complex strategy work distributed. And I guess with obviously you're still in hyper growth and scaling, you know, is it having an impact on how you design your workplaces, for example? You know, I know people, are, you know, who are opted for the office mix are probably also going in doing focused work as well in the office as well as doing it at home. But obviously, where people who have a home mix are coming into the office, as you talked about that collaboration and, and getting together and social time, is it having an impact on your workplace design as well? Hundred percent, and and great that you that you reminded me to speak about that because that is one of the most crucial components as well about the distributed first uh, strategy. As I mentioned early on, when we we started to talk about distributed first in two thousand nineteen, we saw different tenants being part of that overarching strategy. One was work from anywhere, the HR program. The other is dynamic workplace, which our amazing design and build team that is also organized under the, the, the people function have put together and launched. And it basically meant, David, that they have to unlearn everything that we thought we knew about office and how it's supposed to work. And they did a lot of intake meetings, service also with representatives across the different business units, across different roles, skills, and what they were looking for at their kind of best scenario of a workplace. Because we now launched Dynamic Workplace, which is really a people-centric approach to the office. And we try to mirror the way all our employees are working. So to your point earlier, we have spaces for focus work. You can come in and almost sit like in a library type of setting. So like I'm sitting here working, kind of do not disturb. And then there is social places. There's cafeterias, there is stages and obviously pod studios. There is traditional meeting rooms, conference rooms. And there is uh, spaces for really creative work, for stand-up um, uh, meetings. Uh, so we really have designed and we moved completely away from one-on-one -on -one sittings. So the ones that come in, they can sit anywhere in the office, uh, depending on what work you're going to do that particular day. So uh, we launched work from uh, oh, Dynamic Workplace about a year ago, and we're soon we're soon through with all our major offices because it's a complete redesign, uh, which has taken some time and was super inspirational. And it's it's got interesting, and we're starting to see this, you know, in, in inside two to two with some of the companies we work with, particularly in the technology space. Uh, we're seeing that people and places are coming together under one leader, like Katarina, for example. 
and obviously then the people analytics teams are then are then got access to workforce and workplace data to to, to do exactly what you've described you know look, look at workplace design and make sure that it's employee centric and it's delivering on all the the business uh, helping deliver the, the innovative part the collaboration parts and you know allowing that flexibility at work as well for different modes of working whether it's focus time or or collaboration very very interesting we hope you're enjoying this episode of the digital hr leaders podcast if you are looking to continue your learning journey head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the my hr future academy It is a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you will see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gap, deepen your knowledge, and press play on your career. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Anna Lundstrom. Now we come to the final part of the interview, where we dig deep into some of the obstacles and learnings Spotify has encountered to date in its work from anywhere journey. Now, with every new initiative, there is a teething process. I'm, I'm sure you could probably tell me about that. You know, what are some of the challenges that that you've faced or are currently facing as 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 part of um, the work from anywhere program? And and obviously, you know, what are some of the steps that you're taking to overcome these challenges? Great question. I think. Number one is that you need to segment the work. You need to understand that this is a multi-year transformational journey to make a strategic shift like this. So you can't solve for everyone at once. We took the approach, as, as I mentioned earlier, to create the work from anywhere HR program first, more that the policy, the handbook, the kind of the tactics, as well as the dynamic workplace. We are now super focused on the, 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 I would say the, the trickier part, which is, you know, maintaining that sense of belonging, the connectiveness, um, ensure that everyone understands who Spotify is, what our long-term, short-term goals and strategies are and, and so forth. Uh, and again, I shared a little bit about earlier what we're doing there in terms of sense of belonging. But it's so easy to like kind of boil the ocean when you start to think about a, a big strategy like this. So that is my number one advice to, to kind of not do everything at once. And I think that was what made us this successful. Then I think, again, you can't be too focused on the details. The devil is really in the details. And, and there were certain things we missed out of that, that created some some like administrative like headaches, such as um, the amount of employees that picked different mixes and changed um, uh, work moods uh, required a lot of new uh, employment agreements. And we hadn't uh, really uh, figured out like an automatic way to do that. So we had like to do all these contracts manually. Now we have, so things got a bit delayed when it comes to the contracts being ready and so forth. Those sounds very tactical, but it's kind of a part of the, the experience. So. Again, the devil in the, is in the details. You cannot spend too much time on those uh, before you you, you launch an initiative like this. If you look back at the start of, of Work From Anywhere and this approach to, to distributed workforce program now, there must have been, a, obviously we talked about some of the learnings on their way. So for our listeners that are 
considering they're working in an organization, there might be a CHRO or, or, or a senior HR leader who's thinking about doing something like this. Um, what would you share has been your biggest learning? I think it has been that how crucial it is that you are you have stakeholder buy-in on all levels. As I shared earlier, we started with getting buy-in from executive management and then the VPs across the org. And it was the VPs uh, in discussion with them who then nominated a cross-functional working team. And that working team, more than the executive teams, gave us what I think is now a really successful program. Obviously, we had a lot of content prepared, but as I said, like that input was crucial to us so i think don't don't go with these tra- traditional ways around oh i need to just get buying from the top top management team and then I'm, I'm 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 done here like think about who you're really creating this uh program for and it is for the employees then uh, ideally you hear from them also before you 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 uh, launch something like this so looking looking into the future, Anna, you know, what's next for for spotify and the work from anywhere program and i mean i i guess part of that is the uh, the work the workplace initiative that you've been running in parallel with that as well? Well, what what else? What, what next? Right, no, we, <laughs> great question. We again, we keep checking ourselves to make sure that this this is that our, our hypothesis doesn't kind of fall, fall short. But ideally, I mean, a few years from now, you can truly work from anywhere for Spotify. Right now, you can within the region you're based, meaning that you can move wherever you want to within Americas or within EMEA or in Asia-Pac. Ideally, we do not have any time zone constraints a few years from now. Ideally, we're just, uh, you're able to collaborate and work asynchronously and synchronously, regardless if you're 13 hours away from your closest uh, you know, team members. So those are a few years away. And by going there, we need to first strengthen a sense of belonging and connectiveness and make sure that people are uh, really understands our strategy from a business lens, where we're going and how we collaborate towards reaching that. And as you said, right at the outset, this was a vision that you were looking to put in place by 2025. Obviously, partly it was accelerated by the pandemic. So you've actually, you're only two years into this I anyway, aren't the you? Other so, day, so- that is- I'm not five years away anymore. It's two years. That was a realization for me. So, <laughs> no, but I think it's not. Uh, nothing is impossible, and it's 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 good to have audacious goals uh, to strive towards. Yeah. What sort of support has people analytics and 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 data and and some of the technologies that you use within HR at, at, at Spotify? What 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 help have they given to setting the program up? But in certainly monitoring and as you said, things like the sense of belonging and connectedness, you know, what sort of support are they providing? They're crucial to everything that we do in the people organization. And um, not only, they're not, because they're, they're extremely proactive and they've been part of the working group from the beginning. So they are also looking at pattern and lenses of work from anywhere that we hadn't thought of. Uh, they identify um, uh, patterns or themes where like we should dive deeper, which is extremely helpful and, and kind of helps us create additional hypotheses or additional areas that we need to kind of spend more time on in all, all different fields. Uh, of if, if it's engagement, if it's compensation, if it's leadership, you know, training, uh, whatever it might be, it's absolutely a crucial partner to the work that we're doing. The final question of, of the day, um, Anna, and this is a question we're asking everyone on this particular series of, of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. And I think 
your answers to this could be really interesting, actually, you know, given the experience that you're going through. What what tips can you share with leaders and, and listeners on, on on how to foster collaboration in a, in a hybrid team? So in your in, in your world where you've got a mix of people who have got a home mix and a work mix together. First and foremost, be very focused on it. This is not easy. You need to be deliberate and intentional about wanting to create this really great sense of collaboration. And you do that by a a few things. You make sure that you decide on the, the, the things that are super important for your organization that people need to be able to like rally behind. Uh, your business, what we've done is like making sure everyone, we are super transparent about our business goals, our strategy, our culture. Uh, we, we invite everyone to interdays, as I mentioned. And then we have an intentional approach and, and kind of policy around when you meet also in person versus what work you can do virtually to make sure that you really are uh, creating that long lasting relationship. But it's hard work. and You need to be very deliberate and intentional about it. Uh, you can't just say, let's grab it well, and then you kind of run off and, and do something else. You need to have, you need to, you need to speak about it as an organization. You need to offer uh, a, a plan and, and a few sets that you're not budging on, regardless if you're distributed or not. And we have, I think, landed in a few that we feel strongly about that, that we share with all employees and let them take part of. And, and I think that is working out quite quite well. How can listeners um, stay in touch with you, follow you on social media and find out more about your work, but also the work of the the, the, the people team at Spotify? Because I believe you have a, a blog um, that, 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 that your colleagues and you uh, contribute to regularly. Yeah, thank you. We do have, a, uh, in my opinion, a really great HR blog that we have new content almost uh, every month and they can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn, uh, sharing a lot of our work and, and our observations uh, about general HR uh, and people trends. Uh, So look forward to connecting uh, more there. Anna, thanks so much for being on the show and uh, look forward to hopefully meeting in person at some point, either in Stockholm or or a conference uh, in the not too distant future. That would be lovely. Thank you so much, David. This was uh, so great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And my thanks again to the fantastic Anna Lundstrom for sharing her top tips and learnings on delivering a work from anywhere policy. If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast. For more from us at Insight 222, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter by going to myhrfuture.com. And keep an eye out for next week's episode as we'll have another brilliant guest joining the show, INSEAD Professor Mark Mortensen, who will be talking to us about how to foster collaboration within hybrid working teams. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and take care.